Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome to the show. And it is July 4th here in the United States, although you listening this on the podcast it's probably not july 4th anymore it's after it but this show will still stand no matter what day of the year it is what day of the month it is i'm just excited to be here with you live in the studio and i actually have an amazing guest here with me in the studio that i can't believe i actually got him to agree to be here in the studio i am such a tough sale (laughs) that voice that you hear that radio voice is my dear friend gary gavanis who I've known since 1995. He, I met him at a Novell conference. I had his wife, Bobby. You're dating us now. You know, know that. I know. I'm so dating us. Yes. But I had uh, Bobby, your lovely wife, on the show, my dear friend, a mm-hmm. um, couple of months, not even a couple months ago. Last month, we were talking about reinventing after failure. Mm-hmm. And you and I first met at the Novell conference when I just started Guardian Angel Computer Services. Yep. And you were like the, one of the first people I met. And when I told you we're I just... We're not going to talk about your harem. <laughs> if anybody wants to know about that, we'll tell it another time. Mm-hmm. But this is what I remember the most about that. You and James and Phil Waz. and Waz adopted me that day and taught me how to do what I needed to do and gave me that support to start my business that really gave me the confidence to go forward with a company that I ended up selling 15 years later. And I'll never forget a year later, I went back to the conference. You guys were there and you said, okay, we supported you and paid for all the drinks and everything. Now you have to buy us because you're successful now. (laughs) That's it. It's all about us. (laughs) It was, it was quite hysterical, but, that support means a lot. And one of the reasons for this radio show is because a lot of people out there don't have support. Mm-hmm. They don't have people like you in their life and Bobby and James and Waz and Phil that when they're starting out and wanting to make some changes and make hard choices and ask themselves hard questions, they don't have those people around them. Well, and then too, at some points, they have those people but they don't have the insight to listen to them. And you had the insight to listen. Because quite often what you find is people that have this wild idea that they're going to do this and people that, you know, have insight and have been through it, been there, done that, got the T-shirt and can add value to it. They just, they're laser focused on their idea. Their idea is the only one that's going to work. And, uh, you know, some of us could say, hey, there's a big pothole coming up. You need to pay attention to that. But if they're not going to listen, they're not going to listen. Why do you think that is, that people don't want to listen? Ego. How do you get past that? You don't. Um, Well, you do. Um, With age, experience, and getting hit in the head several times. Um, Probably jumping ahead, but, you know. No, I used to be a computer geek, right, and used to be a trainer, Okay. And I, I remember going for my exam for mm-hmm. one of my Novell certifications, and I was petrified. Yeah, and I and talked you, were, you through it. You were yeah. coaching me yeah. on the phone to, to pieces I needed, and yeah. I aced that one. Yeah. and But it was interesting because you'd walk into a training class 
and I would have some really, really high-tech people in the class, and you'd have some people that were newbies, okay? And you could always tell the experts because the experts were the one who would sit middle to back and would be very quiet. And it was the person that would tell you how much how good they were and how much they knew that you knew, okay, we're not going to pay much attention to this guy. But the guy sitting in the back that's quiet or the woman sitting in the back that's quiet, we're going to pay attention to them because they're the ones that recognize what they don't know, and therefore they're an expert. Being an expert isn't knowing everything. Being an expert is understanding what you don't know and knowing where to go to find the answer to that, in my mind. I, I agree with you. You know, the whole concept of letting go perceived ideas mm-hmm. because you may not know when I wrote the book and was putting together these thoughts, I kept saying, who am I to write this book? Because A common question for authors. Yeah, very common question. I mean, even when I, but yet when I started the tech company, I never thought about it. Mm-mm. It was just, I never questioned my ability to do it because I had technical, you know, I had college degrees in it. I mm-hmm. had technical certifications. I had all this other stuff. So what is it? that says to somebody, one choice I'm making, I'm good to go, and another one you start doing all the self-doubt. You've gone through how many iterations of career changes? Yeah, I you know, can never keep a job. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Well, I mean, you made recently, in the last couple of years, a, a major career change. Yeah, which about is, five years ago. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking a, a lot about that change in a little bit, but... How did you decide? Now, Gary, as he said, went from being a geek, but what he didn't tell you is what he's doing now, which is one of the reasons I wanted him here on July 4th. I mean, they're here coming to my house and we're going to barbecue and everything after this, but he now does cruise planning with people on travel. And that's not something you expect a geek to be doing, is doing that. So what got you there? A long and winding road. Oh, we're going to burst into song (laughs) now. (laughs) No, we're not. No, we're not. I won't do that to your listeners. Um, What got me there? Well, basically, you know, I did geek for a long time. And I was always on the bleeding edge. And when you and I started with networking and computer networking and the Internet, you know, the Internet wasn't there when we started. No. Surprisingly enough, people, there was was life before the Internet. And um, you and I... We're not necessarily the pioneers, but we were the trailblazers in that we went through and, you know, other people pioneered it, but we installed it. We made it work. And, you know, you and I can tell horror stories of installing computer networks that, you know, whatever. But um, after a while, I just got tired of that, you know, and um, I got tired of um, being invited to people's houses and you would walk in and before you set foot through the door, Somebody would say, oh, good, while you're here, I have a computer problem, which (laughs) says to me they didn't invite us over to have dinner. They didn't invite us over to, you know, have conversation, play cards, do normal stuff. They invited us over because they wanted me to do computer work, you know, and I don't do that. Yeah, for free. And, you know, I don't do that to my doctor friends. You know, I don't say, oh, good, while you're here, I need an exam. Um, But, yeah, people have no problem doing that to their computer people. And it just got to the point that I was, I I went from totally enjoying my career and living for the next change to resenting the fact 
that this was going on. Um, surprisingly enough, Bobby and I were on a cruise um, in 1999. This is a long, involved story. Um, and when we went on this cruise, we were um, on a cruise that had one of the first um, My Time Dining, what they're called now, uh, where you didn't go at a set time to go in and eat, right? You And you wouldn't sit at the same table every night. So for this two-week cruise in Europe, every time we would sit down at a table, the conversation would start out about what do you do? What do you do for a living? You know, and uh, so I would have a standard answer. And my standard answer was, um, you know, I'm a computer trainer. I'm an independent trainer. I travel all across the country teaching people how to install configure and manage computer networks and this would usually cause people's eyes to glaze over (laughs) and they would look at me like yeah okay fine and the standard response was you know i'm having this trouble with excel and i'm like i don't do excel i don't know that you know that's not what i do but all they heard was computer and um so after we had been on this cruise for like two weeks um one night we were getting ready to go to dinner and i looked at bobby and i said if anybody asks what I do for a living, I'm a proctologist because that's going to stop. That's going to stop discussion right there. And so we go to dinner and sure enough, first words out of somebody's mouth was, what do you do for a living? And I got the look. Okay. Every married man understands the look. I don't have to explain that. They know it. And so when we went through the look, um, I said, I gave him, I said, okay, I'm not going to get involved in this argument. So I went through my spiel. And again, this was 1999. And the person that was that I was talking to then goes off on this rant about how the year 2000 problem was made up and all of the computer people, all the IT people got together to create this false problem. <laughs> So that we could make money. You remember that conference when we I, all got yes, we I all do. got taken yeah. away to, to yeah. somewhere and you know talked about this. And so I'm set for life from yeah, that one. And so by this time, I looked at my wife and I'm going, "See, I told you." And uh, the interesting thing was, I had this little gentleman sitting next to me, who was very eclectic looking, and some of the greatest people that I've ever met have been on cruises. And this guy looked kind of ragtag, whatever, with his wife. And so he goes. So he starts talking to me, and he taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, so when do you think we're going to get gigabit speed to the house? And I'm like, cool. This is somebody I can talk to. And so we started a conversation. It was really cool. So I think that's so fascinating because describing what you do can start so many good conversations, mm-hmm. but at what point does it become something you don't want to talk about where you can be taken advantage of? And when we come back, we're going to be talking more with my dear friend, Gary Gavanis. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author, Laura Stewart. Gary, you were talking about sitting next to a different guy on the cruise ship. And I loved what you told me the guy did during the commercial break. So what was it that guy who asked about Gigabit asked? Well, the, oh, yeah. So while we were sitting there, I asked him what he did, right? And um, I thought you were going to tell me proctologist. but No, yeah. no, no. He, as we were talking, I said, you know, so what do you do? And he's sitting next to his little wife, okay? And um, 
he said, well, I used to work for major air defense company. And he said, now they work for me. And I thought, okay, he's retired. He's getting a pension, right? And so I said, oh, are you retired? And he said, yeah, I used to be. And I said, what do you mean used to be? And he said, well, I'm an engineer. And he said, uh, I was home for about a week and my wife threw me out. <laughs> and the wife's over there nodding, right? Heads going up and down. She goes, there is nothing worse than an engineer with time on his hands. He comes in and has to re-engineer everything, including my kitchen. I threw him out before I killed him. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine. So I said, okay, so how did you start working for this or get this company working for me? And he said, well, he said, my son worked for the company. So I went in and started talking to him. And I said, you guys need to hire me. And they said, why? And he said, well, there's a whole lot of defense contracts out there that, you know, are from the federal government that you could get. And it's really simple work. We apply, we get the contract, we farm it out to somebody else. They do the work. I approve the work. You build them. You make lots of money. You pay me. And he said, so the guy sitting across the desk said, well, um, this may come as a shock to you, but we figured this out before. And sometimes we have a little trouble, you know, getting defense contracts. He said, what makes you think that you'll be able to, um, you know, help us with this? And he goes, well, he said, there's five people in the world that do what I do. And I'm the best one at it. <laughs> and he said, that got the guy's attention. And he said, well, what do you do? And he said, I program defense satellites. And this is back in the day when the 8088 processor, we're going way back now, um, was the only one that was used in satellites because it was the one that was nuclear, you know, da 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 And so from the conversation from there on, it was, I can't tell you that because, you know. You don't have the, a high enough security Yeah, clearance. you don't have a high enough security clearance and I'm sitting with you at dinner. But just one of the intelligent, you know, one of the interesting people I've met on cruises. Well, it's it's fascinating to me, the whole cruise idea, because there are so many people that you can chat with and talk to. And I mean, I've only been on a couple of cruises. I know we're going to talk about Alaska later on, but I remember meeting somebody and the conversation went like this. So have you always done what you're doing now? And he goes, oh, no, I'm retired from that. And I'm like, what did you retire from? I was the first nuclear reactor inspector in the United States. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you meet these really amazing people that you would never think you're going to meet because I'm, if you're I'm, willing to sit at a table with other people, yeah. you're you're put together. So the conversations just really flow. We met a, we met a gentleman. We were flying out of Minneapolis. And again, short gentleman, um, shorter gentleman. Kind of looked like he bought most of his clothes, you know, or the clothes were kind of hand-me-down kind of thing. Not that that's bad. Um, and his wife was a tall, eclectic-looking, um, aging hippie, okay? She was dressed like in tie-dye, and she was obviously in her 70s. And uh, the more we got to talk to them, the more we recognized what incredible people they were. Um, he was the person that built the school system for the Five Sisters Oil Companies in the Middle East. Basically, the king, I think, of Jordan, I don't remember which king it was, but said, I need a school system for this. Here, go build it, Arif. And so Arif built it from buildings to textbooks. You know, and you're like, really? And uh, just, and he didn't say it, again, The you can tell an expert, right? He didn't say it as, you know, look what I did. 
this came out through months of conversation because we got to be friends with him when we went back to Minneapolis. And uh, Arif was just incredible. And, uh, you know, it, it all started out by, you know, what do you do? Well, I, uh, I work for uh, West Publishing. And what do you do for West Publishing? Well, I'm an editor for West Publishing. Well, you know the traditional ad that you see of lawyers where they all are in the library with all those brown books behind them. Uh-huh. Okay. The law library. Yeah, the law library. All those books are usually published by West Publishing. And um, when all those books, somebody has to edit them, right? And so RF wasn't the editor or wasn't an editor. He was the editor. And he had like 100 lawyers working for him. And uh, so, yeah, just another one of those incredible people that you meet. Well, what I love is that conversation evolves from asking questions, but not just taking a surface question, delving deeper, exploring into somebody, because you can learn so much from somebody if you're willing to really honestly care about their response. Right. And that's the biggest, you know, one of the biggest problems of communication is, you know, people, once they start talking about you, or once you start talking about you, people shut it off because we're not talking about me anymore. And, you know, therefore, if we're not talking about me, I'm not interested. And it's just that whole listening to other pre- people and asking questions and finding out about them. That concept is something that growing up I never understood because my parents were big listeners to anything that we had to say. Mm-hmm. And my teachers mm-hmm. were very much that way. And the world's kind of changed a little bit. I mean, we all comment now about exceptional customer service like it's a rarity. And it used to be, well, that's just expected that whoever you're doing business with actually pays attention to you and well, the, gets it. One of the things that I find interesting in my business is that I'm – really big into trying to find, you know, you want to go on vacation, you're spending a lot of money on this vacation. I want to make sure it's spent the right way. So I'm going to ask you questions about what's important to you. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've asked questions of people and they've gotten offended or angry or short. You know, why are you asking me so many questions? Because I'm trying to help you. You know, I'm trying to put you in the best situation and they get, you know, high and mighty about that sometimes, which I never understood. But And that's a defensive thing of the guy that's sitting in the middle of your classroom being really quiet because they feel that they're already the expert, so there's nothing you can ask them that... Well, will... it's, it's not that. It's that these people, the, the people that were sitting in my classroom never came out and said, hey, I'm the expert. They're the ones who, who, who knew it and had the quiet confidence to sit there and think, I'm here to learn something, and I don't have to tell everybody how great I am. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. You know, I'm just going to learn what I need to learn because this is new. Let me go through that, and then we'll move on from there. All right, everybody, as we go into the news break, I want you to think about this. What in your life are you doing right now that you're not listening to find out what's something new you can learn? And we'll be right back with more on It's All About the Questions. Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. 
Welcome back, everyone. And for those of you just joining us live on iHeartRadio, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you're listening on the podcast, this was an instantaneous imagining right back because, you know, I cut the commercials out. Anyway, we are here with the amazing and one of my dearest friends in the world, Gary Gavanis, uh, former geek. Well, you're never actually a former geek. Geek's always in your blood. It's in your DNA, right? I mean, you never really lose it. Although for several years, I just never wanted to acknowledge it. I was so burned yeah, out and yeah. done. Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah. Still doing it. Yeah. So before the break, we were talking, you were talking about cruising and we were talking about the people you meet and, and how you decided to move from doing the geek stuff to helping people book the cruise of their dreams. So talk me through that, how that actually happened. And what is it about cruising that is so special that you don't get on any other kind of trip? Uh, okay. One of the things that I found in, in my past life as a geek was that before I would walk into somebody's system and start making changes to it, I would research it a lot just because I wanted to know, A, what I needed to do to make the desired effect happen, and B, what could go wrong, and if it went wrong, what I had to do to fix it. And I always found that doing the the work beforehand was much better than doing the work while you are panicked when something goes south. Because you and I remember those days when, you know, it wasn't a question of if something was going to go wrong. It was a question of when it was going to go wrong. Absolutely. And it was usually at the worst possible moment. So you tried to figure your way out. So I guess I would, when I started going on cruises, um, I would start researching different cruises that we wanted to go on. And uh, I had used a travel agent in the past. Uh, who lives up and down the coast now, by the way. Her name is Kathy Green. And um, Kathy was my cruise pusher. And so I started asking her questions <clears throat> and talking to her about the research that I'd done. And, you know, she finally said, you really should do this. You should be on this side of the telephone rather than that side because you've got it together. And so I started to think about that. And decided that, you know, yeah, that would be kind of fun. And it would give me more stable hours. It would give me a stabler paycheck. Um, it would give me, which was important at the time, benefits. Because um, we needed health insurance. And um, most importantly, as a geek, uh, I could do it out of my house. So I didn't have to deal with people. I just had to <laughs> deal with people over the phone. Um, you know the definition of an extroverted geek right no they look at your shoes when they talk to you okay. <laughs> that's me i've never heard that one before that's me but that does describe you i always <laughs> yes. i always felt very special because from the moment we met you were way more extroverted than extroverted than i've known you to be with other people other people yeah so i always felt that you yeah. kind of adopted me as your little sister yeah so whatever um, so anyway, when she said that I applied for a job with a internet provider of cruises and, um, got hired on at that company and worked for them for three years and then, um, decided that I wanted to retire. So I did. 
And um, then the current position I'm at now, cruise planners, Kathleen Peters, who you've had on your show in the past. Kathleen's awesome. Yeah, Kathleen is awesome. Uh, After I retired, she gave me about two months and called me and said, are you bored yet? And I said, yeah, kind of. And she goes, well, I want to talk to you about a job. And I said, you don't want me. You don't want to hire me. And she said, why? And I said, because I'm retired. And I can't guarantee you I'm going to work 20 hours a week. I can't guarantee you I'm going to work 20 hours a week, the 20 hours a week that you want me to work. You know, all the things that you normally have with a an employee, you know, I'm not going to give you. Um, you know, if I, I'm planning on taking lots of vacations and I'm not going to cut that back just because I'm, you know, doing this. And she goes, okay, that's cool. So we work as a great team together. And um, so prior to that, just as I was getting ready to talk to her seriously about going to work for, I had a heart attack. So after I got done with a heart attack, I'm, you know, getting through with all the post heart attack stuff. She called me and said, you bored yet? And I said, what part of this you don't want to hire me, don't you understand? And so then starting about a year ago, um, she talked me into it. And so I've come back to work and now selling cruises and all sorts of vacation travel. I think that Kathleen knew that you weren't the kind of person that could just sit around and vacation, that you needed more intellectual stimulation and I really have people fooled. You do. You do. Okay. You, now with what you're doing, you get to help people mm-hmm. by asking a lot of questions. Yep. Book themselves into like dreams, dream trips. Even if it's a short weekend trip, it doesn't matter. Right. And a lot of my listeners don't take enough vacations. Right. I haven't taken a vacation in I think I six or seven years. I was going to say, what are you talking about listeners? I mean, you know. Well, you know, I, I have my mom, so yeah, it makes it a lot more a lot more difficult, especially since she can't travel, because she was always my travel buddy. I know. But We how love do you, you, Barbara, if you're listening. <laughs> I love my mom. Are you kidding me? Best woman in the world. Best mom in the world. When you're helping somebody book a cruise, what are... Because a cruise is a great way to go, especially if you're not used to oh, traveling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's everything in one place. What are some things that people need to start thinking about? Well, it's... Um, that's a really good question. And actually, it's a really hard question because it differs so much with each individual person. You know, when I, when I get somebody on the telephone or I talk to somebody about cruising, one of the first questions I start asking is, okay, have you cruised before? Yes or no? Okay. If the answer is yes, then it's what cruise line did you go on? What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? If the answer is no, then it's what makes you think you want to go on a cruise now? And again, it depends on if people will listen. Okay. A lot of that has to do with um, the listening can help to make or break their vacation. You know, when I was many times, you'll get somebody who goes, I saw an ad for a cruise for $199 and I want that cruise. And you try to explain to them what the $199 cruise entails, which is, which is, it is a cruise on the weekend that nobody else wants to cruise. Okay. Usually it's a cruise that, that, that runs starting on black Friday or perhaps a Saturday after, you know, Thanksgiving, 
somewhere in that time frame. The cabin that you're going to get is going to be called a guarantee cabin, and it's going to be an interior guarantee cabin. Which means no windows, right? Which means no windows, and you have no choice as to where the cabin is going to be. Okay? Um, which so, means which it could means be at that, the bottom of the ship? Which or? means, well, what a guarantee cabin is, the cruise lines will tell you, oh, you're going to get a guarantee. And therefore, you know, you could get an in-category upgrade. We'll talk about what that means in a little bit. Yeah, you could. And you could win the lottery. The odds are about the same. Um, but basically what happens with a guarantee cabin is after everybody picks their cabins, all the people that have booked their cruise six months ago to a year from now, right, a year ago, have picked their cabins. There's a couple of dozen cabins left that nobody else wants. For a reason. For a reason. And therefore, we're going to discount the price of that cabin and we're going to give it to you. And we're going to pick which one of the cabins nobody else wants and we're going to give that to you. And when you find out that you're in a cabin that's got bunk beds on your honeymoon... And you come up to customer service and say, hey, I want to change. They're going to look at you and smile and say, gee, you get what you pay for. All right. So what then are like the minimums that people should be thinking about if they're planning on booking a cruise? I think, and that's really a good question because, again, when I worked at the Internet provider, right, um, many of the people that were that were on the phones that were selling cruises eight hours a day had never been on a cruise ship. So they have, you know, they were talking the talk, but they couldn't walk the walk. Um, I think so many times it all depends, you know. Understand what it is you're comfortable with. Um, Bobby and I go on a lot of cruises. We love interior cabins. I'm a nap guy. I can walk into an interior cabin, close the door, and it's midnight at 2 o'clock in the afternoon in the Caribbean. And I am perfectly okay with that, right? Other people are claustrophobic, right? If you tell me that you are claustrophobic, the last place in the world I'm going to put you is an interior cabin because cabins on the cruise ship are small. And your entire cabin is the size of the studio. And you take out, you know, four feet of it for the bathroom and, and six feet of it for closets and put a bed in here, and there's not a lot of room to move around, Right? Now, all of a sudden, we're going to turn it pitch dark. If you're claustrophobic, you're not going to be happy in that. Okay, so you, you need, need to, to have somebody. That. You need to have somebody that understands that and understands what options you have and how to explain to you those options. All right, so you need to understand your tolerance for a cabin. What else do you need to be thinking about? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? How important is that? Um, I just booked a cruise for some friends of mine from Michigan, right? It was it was a toss up between Las Vegas and a cruise. Well, Big difference, <laughs> not necessarily, because what I did was I put them on a three day cruise. Then they only had a certain number of days, so I put them on a three day cruise to Nassau. Right, as soon as they get out of Miami, the casino opens. When they get to Nassau, Atlantis is right there. They can go to the casino there. They get back on the ship, the casino opens. They were happy. She paid for the cruise in the casino. Wow, that's awesome. I never never would have thought of a cruise as an option for Vegas. You get all the benefits oh, without that. That's time. really great. We'll be right back with more from Gary Gavanis. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. Here's a question, Gary. Uh-oh. 
my favorite cruise I ever took was to Alaska. Oh, yeah. And I have a good friend that just got back from Alaska cruise. Why is Alaska such a hugely popular cruise destination? You don't see glaciers in Florida. That's true. <laughs> you know, there are very few, you know, whales, orcas that you can see in Florida. Um, and anywhere. And Alaska still has that, um, Alaska still has that mystique of being the uncharted wilderness. And it is absolutely incredible to be able to go up there on a cruise ship and know that, um, know that you can have a place to stay that you've always have, you unpack once you're done. There's good food available. Um, and yet there are culture tours and there are, uh, shore excursions and there are places to go stand out on the decks and watch the incredible wildlife or go by a glacier and, and all of the incredible things that you just don't get to see someplace else. Alaska cruises used to be really, really expensive. I know I, I went with my mom and dad and a whole bunch of people from Grand Harbor here a mm-hmm. long time ago, and I remember how expensive the cruise was. They're still expensive. They're still, you know, they're still more expensive than, say, you know, a seven-day cruise to the Caribbean. Is that just because it's more difficult to get there? Supply the- and demand. Aha. There are fewer cruise ships going to Alaska. The cruise ships that are going tend to be smaller. Uh, to get in and out of the areas that they need to be in. And a lot of cruise pricing is supply and demand. Um, Also, the fact that there are fewer cabins available going into Alaska. The Alaska cruise season is when? In the summer. What happens in the summertime? Kids are out of school. Families are traveling. Demand goes up. Supply stays the same. Demand goes up. Economics 101 says when that happens, the price goes up. So going to Alaska... I would imagine since it's such a popular cruise destination, you need to be asking a couple of different kind of questions. Mm -hmm. What are some of those things? Um, Some of the questions that you need to be asking are what type of Alaska cruise do I want to be on? And basically there are a couple of different types. Okay. You have the inside passage, which will go from, you know, Vancouver or Seattle and go up, to Juneau and then, or, you know, to, to Skagway and some others, and then turn around and come back, right? They basically go up, you, you get on in Seattle, you get off in Alaska and fly home from there. They also have the round trip cruises, which go from Seattle to Seattle or Vancouver to Vancouver. And in those cases, you know, one of the things that you're looking at when you look at, okay, I'm going to fly out of Vancouver and fly back to Vancouver or fly out of Seattle, fly back to Seattle. Yeah, but you're missing a day each way of Alaska because the cruise ship's got to get there and it's got to get back. Um, So that's one of the questions that you're going to look at. Also, the things you're going to look at with Alaska um, is are you going to do a shore shore tour? Glaciers. That was the most amazing thing I've ever done in my life. With yeah. a chopper trip onto a glacier and drink the water. And drink the water. Glacier. We did, we've got an Alaska cruise scheduled next year. And we're doing a three-day shore trip prior to the cruise. So we're going to fly in. They're going to take us to Denali. We're going to see Mount McKinley. We're going to see the largest, you know, national park in the country. Um, I hope going- you see the mountain because it was socked in and we never got to see it and my it whole might, trip and there. It, and it might be. Um, but then we're going to come back, get on a cruise ship and then, you know, go south. So 
there are lots of different things. Have an idea of what it is that you want to do. If you're going to go on an Alaska cruise, seriously, seriously consider paying for a balcony. And again, having a travel professional help you is going to help make some of those decisions. You know, like, for example, if you're looking for wildlife and you're looking for, you know, whales and stuff, if you're northbound, you want a, a, a cabin, you want a balcony cabin, you want it to be on the left side of the ship because you're going to see lots of ocean that way. Oh, if I never you want, thought of that. If you want, yeah, and that's what travel professionals do. If you want to look at the glaciers and you want to look at the land portion of it, then you want to be on the right side of the ship. And it's interesting because as you price cabins, you're going to see that depending on the direction of the cruise, the cabin prices are going to be higher on one side than the other. And the selection of cabins is going to be higher on one side or the other, just depending on the direction that the cruise is going. But you're right. And my suggestion is, if you're going to Alaska, get a balcony cabin. It's going to be worth the money. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime trip, probably. And plan for shore excursions. And figure out what is it that you can physically do on your cruise. What are you physically capable of? I am not physically capable of doing the same things I could do when I was 30, right? Um, so make sure that you choose the right shore excursions for the right energy level that you that you have. But get off the ship. Enjoy the, the, the shore excursions. Do that helicopter ride to the glacier. Do the flyover. Do trout fishing, do something, salmon fishing, do something that's going to push you a little bit out of your uh, comfort zone. Now, you've got an event coming up. I do. Um, July 18th at the Celebration Golf Course in Celebration, Florida. Um, If you want more information, 863-438-2377 is my phone number. Repeat that again. 863-438-2377 is my phone number. The event is July 18th at the Celebration Golf Club. We have Ted Knight, who's a business development manager for Princess Cruises. And Princess has been voted the best cruise line to Alaska for the last, I don't know, five or six years running, something like that. Um, And Ted's going to be coming in. We're going to have special pricing available just for that cruise night. First 20 people that come get a free drink on me. They'll be hors d'oeuvres served and things like that. So if you're interested, you can give me a call. Um, if I'm not there today, cause I'm having barbecue with my friend, Laura, uh, please just leave me a message. Number again, 863-438-2377. And if you can't, for some reason, make it to the event to find out more just about Alaska cruising, that number is going to work to get to Gary. Yes, and my office if number. you, if you mention you were on the show, he'll give you some great deals and, and take care of you because in, in my opinion, if you're going to travel and do a cruise to Alaska or something beyond like a short trip, you really want somebody who knows what they're talking about, who's not going to steer you wrong, who's going to ask the questions to understand what they need, what you need to get your best trip. I was going to say, so often I hear people that have had, you know, terrible experiences on a cruise and it wasn't their fault that they had a terrible experience. It was the person that sold them the cruise. Um, there are so many things that can be taken, you know, taken out of play to make life a little bit easier. You know, if you're a light sleeper, you really don't want a cabin directly underneath the casino, no matter how cheap it is. <laughs> and these are the things that people go with every day because they don't understand the right questions to ask and or they bristle when somebody asks them the questions. 
Well, I hope you all got something out of this show. reason I had Gary on was because we don't take enough vacations. And when you do take it, I want you to have the best vacation possible. So reach out to Gary. Tell me that phone number one more time, Gary. The phone number is 863-438-2377. And if you're outside the United States, reach out to me, um, Gary, email quickly. Gary.govanus, G-O-V-A-N-U-S, at cruiseplanners.com. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Happy July 4th. Have a great day. Take a great vacation. Remember, right questions truly can You've change your life. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 